Real Cuff Radio is about to begin. Everybody loves a hero. I believe there's a hero in all of us. Welcome to Real Cuff, and tonight we have an awesome testimony. We have a nurse. Karen Youngblood, and she's just going to share their testimony, her the 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 mission, and so we welcome you tonight, Karen, and ask yes. you just to go ahead and just give whatever the Lord's given you. Okay, great. Thank you so much, and yeah, thanks for this opportunity. Um, I just want to let you know I'm. Uh, I've been a nurse for about 39 years now. I worked at Mother Francis and Fowler for 28 years. And the uh, last five years, I um, started doing some mission work. Just um, I got five weeks a year vacation. And so on my vacations, I would go on uh, medical missions with Mercy Works, uh, the mission. And... Um, so then I felt like the Lord was saying go full time. So I did my job in 2005 and took a discipleship training school with Wallen Fowler. Um, it's a, a five-month program, three months in the classroom, and then two months uh, you get to use what you've learned in the classroom. And uh, we say it's, uh, you know, Wallen Tyler is a discipling center that pioneers. And um, so we're able to really go out and share Jesus, make Jesus known. And um, that's, of course, our ultimate uh, mission is to, to introduce Jesus to people, love people through through all the different tools that we have. Uh, I've wanted to be a nurse since I was in the first grade. And... Um, absolutely love my job at Mother Francis, and I really thought that I would work there until I retired. Um, I became Christian. I always call myself Christian, but um, you just kind of do that in East Texas, but I really didn't get a relationship with Jesus until about 17 years ago, and um, I guess he put me on the fast track. Because I soon knew that um, I was supposed to go full time and as a missionary, so I went uh, through the schools, the uh, Children's School or DTS, and then School of Evangelism as we for one dollar. And um, now I've been working full time with uh, Mercy Works, which is a Mercy Ministry side of Wildman. And um, so I take medical teams to other countries. And um, I just feel like a lot of times if people are so sick, they can't really grasp the gospel. And so we are able to take medicines and doctors and nurses who, you know, have the time to go on their vacations and um, just you know, help in any way they can up to, um, I guess, about 27 countries now, some of them many times. Um, and 
it's just been such a privilege for me. I I don't know how it could possibly work, but I guess I was traveling because um, when I was a nurse, I had a pretty good salary, but uh, I didn't seem to have that much money <laughs> to be able to go all of these places. And now uh, all of the missionaries with WOWM, uh, they don't get a salary. They and somehow God always provides everything I need to go on all these mission trips. I probably take teams about th- two to three times a year, and <clears throat> we're gone uh, for about five or six weeks a lot of times. But if uh, the doctors or nurses are still working, sometimes they'll just come for a week or two, just depending on how much time they have and and if we're near uh, an airport. Um, uh, I mentioned that I haven't always been Christian. Um, My family uh, grew up in Carthage uh, until I was six. Um, My mom and dad got a divorce when we moved to Tyler, and I've lived here ever since. and, and, yeah, I loved working in the hospital and just helping with people. I um, guess I was pretty um, selfish for a long time. You know, I had a house and a nice, really nice yard. I guess I was addicted to, to gardening and had a pool. And so when I uh, went through this program, uh, my mom died on my birthday and in 2001, and um, that's when a friend told me about this program at a church, and I it was called The Road Adventure, and it kind of um, dealt with old tapes that play in your head and with grief, and um, it just the really guided me to help me to uh, just get past things that happened. Uh, my brother had sexually abused me as a child, and so I had very low self-esteem. I uh, was very shy, and I think that uh, this program really helped me to forgive my brother. and. It was like a black hole in my heart was uh, just filled with the love of Jesus. So then it wasn't long that um, I went on and started going to church at Crossroads Community Church, and it wasn't long before we um, were planning a medical mission trip. And... um, we went to Burkina Faso in West Africa, and it was uh, medical, but I felt like I was pretty, um, I don't know, I didn't do much, just cried to see all the kids asking for a biscuit, or uh, we tried to teach them about washing their hands, and and I had a pool at home, uh, and I just laid in the pool when I got home and cried because these people valued water so much that they wouldn't wash their hands. And, um, so it really opened my eyes <clears throat> to how the rest of the world lived. And um, 
So, I mean, not that everybody has to sell their house and has full. It's just I, I felt like when I got home that I needed to and I needed to be a little bit more conservative with my finances and and uh, but I didn't know at the time that I was going to be a missionary. It wasn't long until I started thinking I would like to go on another mission trip and. So I had a friend that was uh, a doctor at the hospital, and she told me about this uh, organization called Youth with a Mission, which even though I'd lived in Tyler my whole life, I didn't even know about OM. And um, so I went with her and a group of other people to El Salvador to help after a tsunami down there. And again, I pretty much cried a lot of the time, but um, it I was able to use my skills and just, you know, show the people the love of Jesus, and I just fell in love with it. And by the time I got home, I felt like I was supposed to be a missionary, but I had a lot of bills. I had the house, got it paid off, got all my bills paid off, and then I quit and went to work with Wallam uh, after the schools and so uh, yeah I take medical missions and normally I have doctors and nurses that go with me um, the the one time the first time that I didn't have a doctor go with me uh, it was interesting because I would ask, I was really nervous about it. I asked my pastor to pray for me. I asked the doctor who normally went with me to pray for me, and both of them prayed for miracles. I mean, we do pray for miracles, but it just seemed to speak out about miracles this time, you know. And so we went to uh, the jungle of Peru, and it was Shapito India Village, and um, so the... I started seeing patients, and um, we didn't have lab or x-ray or anything like that, but I would just, you know, try the medicines to help relieve symptoms or antibiotics for infections, that kind of thing. And a man came complained of uh, back pain, and so I just gave him some ibuprofen. He went on through the day, and um, that evening his... His daughter came and said, please come and pray for my father if we get through eating. Uh, and so we went by after, it was probably 30 minutes later, because we were kind of debriefing the day. Uh, we had taken a group of students to the jungle for their outreach. And so we were just kind of helping them to process. And um, so we walked up to this house, which was just a thatch roof, no walls, and uh, and when we walked up, it was like the whole village had surrounded this um, house, and so um, when we walked up, the daughter said, he died 15 minutes ago, well, in my head, you know, it was like, well, there's nothing we can do, um, he's dead, you know, but I felt like we were just saying, try anyway. And so I said, but God, in my head, you know, but God. And he said, try anyway. And so I, I climbed up on the floor, and his whole family surrounded him and was crying. And 
attack, no pulse, no respiration, so I started CPR, and he came back to life. And I looked around, and I didn't, you know, recognize anybody from the team, so I just backed away, and I went out and told the team who had heard that he was not Christian, was praying for his salvation. And um, so I said, well, he's alive. And so we just continued to pray for him to go ahead and accept Jesus. And then his daughter came and said he died again. And so I went back and um, I said, uh, you know, I checked and there's no pulse, no respiration. So I started doing CPR. And when I worked at Mother Francis, I was a cardiac nurse. So I can't tell you how many times I've done CPR, but I had, you know, monitors, defibrillators, uh, everything that I needed, oxygen, all those things. And I didn't have any of that with me, but I had Jesus. And that's really all I needed because he came back to life so easy. And that time he said, no word for Jesus. And so I just backed away and we were just really celebrating that he had accepted Jesus. But I was really afraid that he wouldn't live through the night without any of the, you know, medicines that I needed, monitors to see if, because so many people die from arrhythmias after. But he made it through, and uh, it's it's just a miracle of the Lord that that's, I I just can't, still am so shocked, um, you know, that, I was a part of it uh, because I had been kind of cynical when I heard about miracles and I think the Lord, you know, knew that I needed to see that. And um, so it was, it was a blessing to me to be a part of it. And so many people since then, I've told the story and it's, uh, it's really changed lives. So I think that's what a miracle of God is supposed to do. It's supposed to affect so many people. And uh, I believe it has. Even I wrote a newsletter and sent it to a friend of mine who's a missionary in Uganda. And she was talking to this alcoholic in Sudan. And he accepted Jesus and became Christian after hearing this story. Um, I've kind of laughed since I got home. I thought, you know, in this jungle, there's no TVs, never had a medical team, and um, I thought, gosh, these people have no idea what CPR is. Uh, they probably just think this is some crazy white woman coming to kiss her husband, son, and dad, and we're just, you know, gathered around, and they didn't know what mouth to mouth was, but uh, when he walked down to the church, then it was, I think, two days later, he said, in Shapibo, I've been a very bad man, and his wife was just shaking his, her head saying, yes, you know, he said, but I will always follow Jesus. And so uh whole village uh, either reaccept, you know, reconfirmed or accepted Jesus. So it's such a blessing. Um, and... Just to tell you a little bit more about YWAM, um, it's in, I think there's like 1,500 bases, about 25,000 staff all over the world. 
um, I think it's in about 105 countries, and um, there's like a thousand DTSs every year. There's been more than um, six million people go through DTS since 1960 when it was started by Lori Cunningham. And uh, I think I mentioned everyone's volunteers and um, so raise their own funds. And uh, then the department I specifically work with is just a ministry, Mercy Ministry side of Wildland Power, and it's called Mercy Works. Um, so we take uh, both students on their outreaches, um, like with discipleship training school or school of evangelism, or uh, and we also take people who have never gone to those courses and, and they just have time to and want to help out. Um, many times it's professionals. Uh, we always need doctors and nurses and dentists. Uh, dentists are always needed um, in these countries. And so such a blessing to have good people to work with. Um, Karen, uh, you know, I, you want to share a couple of things or maybe about when you communicated with, with tribes or something that have no idea, you know, they do not speak English and you do not speak their dialect? Is it just yes. the love of the Lord that communicates? Yes, it's amazing. I, I just recently returned from working in... Um, Greece with uh, all of the refugees that are coming and you know so many of these people I mean it started out being Syrians but now it's um, you know people from Afghanistan or Iran or just anywhere and it's it's not you definitely are not um, from the same language but um, and many times not even the same religion. Most of the time they have not even met Jesus or heard of Jesus. But um, I, I know one lady specifically, I think she was from Iran, she had just gotten off the boat and, um, and they were just soaked. The boats that come across uh, to Greece, we were in Lesbos, this was... Um, when a boat of about 25 people came and they were uh, all just soaked and it was cold. and So uh, I was working to help distribute clothes and, you know, it was a lady who was about my age uh, and I'm, I'll be 60 this year. And I think that, um, you know, you could just feel the fear or not knowing what was going to happen next. And she was shaking, I think, both from fear and from being cold. And I found it was just the right clothes for her, including the head covering. And I just felt like the word was saying, give her a hug. And so I gave her a hug, and she just kept holding on. And she was crying and and and. She just hugged and, uh, you know, I just held her for a long time and finally thought she was just smiling. 
and later went to the camp and she saw me and, and she was just all smiles when she saw me. I mean, there were absolutely no words passed between us, but she knew that I, that I had a love for her. And it didn't matter that she was Muslim. It didn't matter that we didn't speak the same language. It was just the, the love of the Lord um, that we all need to share with each other. You know, that love that the Lord gives us for others, other other religions, other cultures, some of them, they don't have that. They right. don't have that. Yes. Thank the Lord that we do. And we come yeah. across so many people just, just to love them and just to smile. Uh, if, if some of them, if any of them, uh, why don't you tell if any of them feel like they have the medical qualifications and and uh, just speak to them about not being fearful about going on a trip. They might feel like, well, gosh, I want to do this, but I can do this, but what about other things Yeah, that maybe I don't feel qualified in? Right. Mercy Works uh, just works with people who maybe they've never had an experience overseas or, or with people of other cultures, that's not a problem. Um, and you don't have to go through the discipleship training school. You can just uh, either call me at Mercy Works or you can get in online and look at mercyworks.org and it gives you information on how to sign up. You can, um, you know, just go on your vacations or um, Times you have off, do as little as one week and as much as like five or six weeks. Um, I've had people who have just finished medical school or just finished nursing school, just finished dental school, and and they're not feeling real comfortable yet. But um, it's it's very laid back because we're not trying to rush people through there. We mainly want them to know that they're loved. And uh, we try to do as much as we can. I mean, we are not able to take x-rays and EKGs and all of those lab work, anything like that. And but we do take medicines and, um, you know, first aid equipment so that uh, we can just do as many things as we can for the patients. That sounds awesome. Well, You'll be forwarding your your information that we can post on how if anyone is interested or even wants to know about it and pray about it. Maybe yes, there'll be a time when maybe they'll say, hey, this is for me. So, mm-hmm. Karen, would you just speak a prayer over those listening right now, just a short prayer? Yes. Lord, I just pray you. Thank you, God, that you give us the opportunity to just go and show your love to others. And God, that it's not like we're some specially trained or or know all about other cultures or know all about being even doctors or nurses. That we don't we don't even uh, we sometimes take people who are not medical people, but we just love people, Lord, and we want to love people to you. 
Let's pray that this uh, time would get to people who maybe have been interested and, and want to do mission trips and God that you would just connect us and and try to um, for us to to get all those who want to go and not feel like they are lacking in something. Lord, we we love you and that's what's important. That's what we need is you, God. You provide everything that we need and we just say that we trust you and um, God, just pray that those who are meant to go, that you would just um, show them the way to, and give them courage to notify us. And God, uh, we always you know, need finances. If there's someone that maybe there's not able to go, God, that you would just show them that this might be something that they need to get behind financially and, and bless those who can go. Lord, I just trust you. I love you, God, and uh, I just pray your blessings on all. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I, I smiled when you said you were skeptical about the healing, and then when God showed you that, well, you were just able to carry through. And, and I liked when you said that the next day that, that he walked down to the church and said, I've been an evil man. So yeah. so so the Lord revealed to him. There wasn't any communication really there that with words, but 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 Holy Spirit that speaks all languages uh right. was able to, to show him that his heart was not good and his wife agreed. So yeah. gosh, I, I, I thank you for sharing this and Thank you. Maybe this will open the doors for people that that really have something missing in their life, and this maybe sparked a, a little fire tonight that that people are needed in every every area. And we just thank you for this and sharing. Excuse me, sharing your testimony. And uh, I would just say that's a wrap. Thank you okay. for for real cut.